Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Uncomfortable, comfortable conversations around uncomfortable topics. Hello and thank you for tuning in to the Uncomfortable podcast. My name is Debbie Roach and today I have a bit of a different episode for you. We're changing up from the normal format of just kind of one interview and in this particular episode I'm going to be sharing four different conversations from four different millennials. Now I am a millennial myself and I am kind of verging on the older end of the millennial spectrum but I'll admit that uh, I am someone who has felt some kind of you know trouble or dissatisfaction in career choices that I've had in the past and I've tried numerous different things and never really felt that that's the thing that I wanted to do with my life or do with the rest of my life and it's it's been a bit of a constant struggle and you know I'm 37 years old and I still still don't feel any closer to to finding that thing that I really want to do with the rest of my life. Now I've always wondered if anyone else feels this way or if I'm just quite frankly alone but recently um, when I've kind of shared this with friends or colleagues I've realized that I'm not alone and it's actually a fairly common feeling. However, those people that I talk to tend to be people who are around the same age group as myself. So I wondered, is this a millennial thing? Is it just me and these particular people that have never quite found their passion? Do we just have FOMO, fear of missing out? We just want to try everything and don't really feel satisfied with one thing. And to be honest, I don't really have an answer, but it was helpful to kind of hear the stories of others who have a similar struggle. So in this episode, I'm going to present four amazing millennials and we're going to talk about our career struggles. conversation was with Jessica Roberts Farina. Now Jess is a communications and marketing professional. She's born and raised in Vancouver, BC and you may actually remember her from our past episode on cervical fluid. This time we won't be discussing cervical fluid but we will be talking about career choices and that internal struggle of finding that one true passion. Jess, thank you for joining me once again. Yeah, thank you for having me. Very happy to be back. <laughs> thank you. Well, this topic is something that I, again, I personally have struggled with for many years. So I'm actually quite excited to talk to other people who are, have a similar situation to me. So tell me a little bit about the work you do now. What would you call yourself? 
Um, well, my technical job title is project coordinator, which can basically mean anything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but right now I, um, it's like a, I guess I'm a contractor. This is a part-time like contract Mm job, um, working with a nonprofit organization, helping to match, um, indoor wheelchair users with accessible, affordable housing Mm, in Metro Vancouver. Um, so that's the job title that I have, um, and that's actually, it's funny you ask that because that's always, like, something that I've has bothered me is kind of, like, job titles and that kind of thing. And I've never really identified myself with any, like, job title that was put on me, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just, or, like, online and, like, social media coordinator or, like, what a marketing, you know, like, assistant. And it's like, yeah, that's the name of my job, but, like, it's just the name of my job. I It's not the name of, like, me Doesn't kind like of thing. does identify yeah. who you are. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, like, at my core, I'm a writer, mm-hmm. and, you know, even when people, like, say that to me, like, oh, like, you're a writer or oh you must be a writer um I always have like a trouble owning that and I don't know why that is I think it's probably because yeah the world of work is a strange place and I don't think I've ever really like identified myself through my through my work Mm. like I like to write and I'm good at it but I don't identify with being a writer it's a weird thing I don't know yeah that's that's interesting there like I'm sure most of your jobs have had some sort of writing yeah. comp- component. Like, how many, you know, bum and seat type, like, job <laughs> have you had? So many. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a lot. Like, I feel like it's, like, a new bum and seat job every couple of years, basically. Yeah. And there's a lot of different reasons for why there's been that jumping around. There's been, like, moving, like, um, to another province. Mm. There's been, like contract ending so like you know kind of like precarious work I guess mm-hmm. um there's been um a couple times kind of like health issues that led to me having to like leave a job um there's been a lot of different reasons but definitely something that I feel like strings it all together is just ultimate at some point in the job not feeling satisfied anymore mm-hmm. or feeling bored or feeling like trapped the thing is that I'm not meant for a bum in the seat job that's the challenge is like I that isn't who I am and so currently that's sort of what I'm exploring more of is to get getting away from that and that's why I love the job I have now is because it's part-time there's a lot of flexibility and support in it so I can work from home and that kind of thing so that gives me like more time I feel like to reflect and analyze and work towards a non bum in seat job Mm -hmm. yeah because it's not who I am yeah yeah and how do you like how do you identify when you've gotten to that place where you're like I don't want to be here anymore how do you feel what emotions come up Mm. Yeah, how do you just know it's time to move on? Yeah, uh, there's definitely particular things. Um, It's like increased apathy at work. Um, Just not really, like, kind of caring about what I'm doing um, because I feel like I've kind of, like, um, you know, mastered it or something like that. Um, And or I feel like I'm not emotionally or creatively invested in it um, or I'm not creatively stimulated. 
it's feeling a lot harder to get out of bed in the morning. It's calling in for more sick days. Mm -hmm. It's this kind of like feeling of like emotional, like paralysis that ends up like being a physical experience Mm -hmm. like as well. Right. And I mean, the thing is, is that I, you know, I don't have any dependence of any kind. And so that also like gives me the freedom (laughs) to be like, well, I'm going to start looking for something different, right? Or, yeah. oh, whatever. Because if I, if I had kids, then, or even, like, um, you know, like, animal children, yeah. then it would, maybe I'd be like, oh, okay, like, maybe I can't exactly be like this, right? And I think there's probably a lot of people out there, you know, in jobs, like, that they hate and isn't true to themselves, but they have people they need to take care of in mm-hmm. their life, so. Yeah. yeah, so you're kind of in the situation where you thankfully don't have any yeah. dependence. Even though, like, that's the case, do you still ever feel like, oh, why can't I just settle down and be happy at a job? <laughs> all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all the time. I feel like that all the time. I'm like, oh, like, why can't I just have this stability or whatever that I want, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm not a stable um person I mean that in the sense of that like I'm not like necessarily a very grounded person mm-hmm. that's a better way to say it is I'm not necessarily a very grounded person so I kind of crave stability but then the thing is is that it's just like over and over again I'm like okay I gotta like I don't want to do this anymore I gotta change or like uh, that kind of thing and I think there's more like I guess it's like the pressure to kind of like fit in like you mm-hmm. see people like oh they're like you know so like you know, kind of, like, stable and settled down, grounded in their life and what they're doing and, like, who they are and, like, I'm 33 and I'm still not like that. But maybe the issue is that I need to accept that Mm. aspect of myself, that, like, I'm a child of an artist and I'm a creative person and I'm an experimental person and I've never fit into a box or society standards or anything and Mm. to just embrace that and be, like you know, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. What's, what's so hard about embracing that? Because I kind of still get the sense that you haven't yet, that you're trying. Oh, yeah. You I, haven't. Ha- I haven't yet. <laughs> no, you're totally right. I haven't yet. I'm working on that. Yeah, that's like a work, a really like present, like work mm-hmm. in progress right now. And um, I think that it's just, there's just so much, there's so much societal pressure to fit in. And I guess I have a hard time totally divorcing myself from from that pressure being mm-hmm. like whatever you know um and then I guess it's just like also like you know we all want to feel a sense of belonging and that mm-hmm. kind of thing and so by like flitting around all the time I don't always have the chance to like really like root in and develop a sense of belonging although it's happened in workplace I've I've been fortunate to work in many supportive like workplaces and developing a close relationship with colleagues and Mm -hmm. that kind of thing and that makes it harder to leave whether it's like my choice or not um but it's also like well I wouldn't stay in a job just because I get along with the people Mm -hmm. if I don't feel like the job is giving 
me what I need. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that's that's a great point. And I yeah. have been there and I have felt the exact <laughs> same way. So I can totally relate. <laughs> now, I'm always wondering, I like you, I'm a millennial, but I'm kind of right on the bridge of like, you know, early 80s, one of the very early millennials. Mm. And I always found that I still have some traditional values kind of instilled in me that you know haven't moved so much into the millennial generation and then again I come from a country like you know a very different European upbringing um, that I find is very different from here especially in western Canada Uh, but yet I kind of so I get surprised when I, I have these struggles and I notice that this is something that a lot of the millennial generation seem to also struggle with and I just wonder kind of what's your take on that because then I wonder is it just that I'm surrounding myself with people who are similar to me which you know you kind of attract mm-hmm. folks that you know have similar values to yourself or or is it a generational thing? I think the generational thing is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's complex. I mean, the thing is, with work becoming kind of more and more precarious and more and more people of the millennial generation um, doing going into freelance or contract work not always by choice which is something that needs to be kind of Mm -hmm. like really broadcasted to other generations like it's not often by choice it's just how we have to do things now yeah um i think that um it's yeah, like, it's not always, like, a by-choice thing. Sometimes it is, but sometimes it isn't. And I think we were brought up, like, our generation was really brought up with the um, kind of um, lesson that we, you know, do what you love, you know, do what you love, mm-hmm. do what you love, do what you love, like, ad nauseum. But what I think a lot of people have, you know, who subscribe to that, like, have discovered is that it's actually really hard Mm -hmm. to do what you love and like get like and and get paid for it you know now um and be able to you know feed yourself and Mm -hmm. like clothe and yourself have a roof over over your head so then we jump around more like you know side gigs is this huge thing and there's huge pressure like from within our generation to have like a side gig and and that kind of thing instead of actually having hobbies or like mm-hmm. interests and activities that you just do to like feed your soul not to like whatever make money from or whatever yeah. but then sometimes people have to have those side gigs right because yeah. what they're doing otherwise isn't enough because you know um everything is just so expensive there's a lot of things stacked against us right and so that also leads to kind of like not staying in a job for a a long time because there's like there's less jobs that are offering that stability of like benefits and pension and like unless you're working in like the government Mm -hmm. right or within a post-secondary institution um which often is going to require, like, a high level of education. Like, you're not going to necessarily be able to have those benefits that are, like, parents' generation was 
yeah. fought for and was used to, you know. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, even, you know, a lot of those uh, places tend to be unionized. So then it's harder yeah. to kind of work your way up because of seniority. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that's the other thing, too, is that, like, you know, some people might be happy with that and, like, mm-hmm. not being able to work your way up. That's totally fine. You know, I don't really have big working my way up the ladder yeah. kind of ideas um, for myself. But for a lot of, you know, like, people who are like, okay, well, like, I don't want to be stymied. I don't want my growth to be stymied, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so then we hop around. Yeah. <laughs> Sabrina Miso was born and raised in Rome and moved from Italy to Vancouver with a one-way ticket in 2013. A lifelong learner and multi-potentialite, she loves telling stories with words and images and connecting people around what matters. Sabrina is a freelance content strategist, a community builder and a self-taught photographer with a passion for society and culture, urban planning, social innovation and sustainability. Sabrina, thank you so much for joining me on Uncomfortable. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) I'm loving getting all these different perspectives on millennials and kind of their career struggles because I think I've mentioned to many people, it's something I go through. So it's great when other people reach out and say, hey, you're not alone. This is how I feel. Definitely. Yes. (laughs) It makes makes me feel reassured a little bit. Um, I'm also just very curious to know is this kind of, you know, career struggle or job hopping or just, you know, kind of changing careers constantly, is it a generational thing or, you know, is it just the times that we're in right now with information overload? And I love to get different perspectives on different backgrounds. So I know you live in Canada currently, but where are you from originally? So I'm from Italy. I was born and raised in Rome and I moved to Canada in 2013 in September. So it's going to be six years. Ooh, congratulations. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Time goes by very fast. It does. It does. Well, that's fantastic. Welcome. Um, I'm an immigrant myself. So and I do love this country. Uh, So tell me a little bit about the work that you do now. Okay, (laughs) so now I'm a freelancer. Uh, I work mostly in content marketing, uh, social media marketing, and content production. And I'm a photographer as well. I started taking uh, photography seriously in January this year. And I have to say it's going well. Uh, (laughs) I really like it. And I'm already getting paid gigs. So that's awesome. Like people love my work. I'm, yeah, I'm having a blast with that. Uh, plus, I'm also trying to launch a startup. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you're what we call a serial entrepreneur. <laughs> I don't know because this is my first day. I mean, yeah, I, I have to say like maybe freelancing, it's a business per mm-hmm. se. I always uh, thought about them more as contracting because mm-hmm. uh, anyway, I have mostly contracts with agencies or like right now with a non-profit in downtown. Um, so instead of going to the office regularly full-time, I have yeah. contracts, so I have a little bit more flexibility. Yeah. Cool. That's <laughs> awesome. Um, so tell us a little bit about kind of your background and perhaps the different industries that you've found yourself in. Yeah, so... 
Um, I have, uh, so my background, uh, educational background is in humanities. I went to this high school in Rome where I was studying Latin and Greek, art history. So very like, yeah, classical. And uh, then I I have a bachelor degree from the University of Rome in East Asian studies. So I studied Japanese in university. Oh, wow. So yeah. I was really passionate. I mean, I'm still passionate about Japan, and I wanted to go there. And then didn't work at the end after university, so I started um, translating. So I was trying to get into translation, education, and then didn't work well in Rome. It was very tough. <laughs> was it just there wasn't, like, a big market for that? Ter- no, yeah. I should have gone to, to Japan for sure mm-hmm. and then come back. And, like, you know, when you're fluent in the language, maybe it's better. Uh, mm-hmm. But, like, also, like, transla- like, as a translator, it's not easy to actually, like, yeah, get a career. Like, yeah. it's very tough. Um, and I wasn't liking it too much, actually, <laughs> I have to say. And then I I started a blog at the time. We we're talking about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So I started a blog about Japan. Um, and, you know, I was always like on in uh, forums. We were using forums, not yeah. social media at the time. <laughs> and then I started using social media once they, they got like, you know, popular. And so my first, first, first full-time job in Rome was at a startup. And I was the community manager. And I got the job because I had this experience with social media and blogs, uh, but it was like all, you know, self-taught. So I I didn't go to school for like marketing or communications. I find that's quite common. I'll say I'm I'm kind of similar, ended up in a fundraising and promotions role where uh, it's, it's similar. Like I didn't really go to school for marketing. I did end up going to school for marketing because my yeah. at-the-time job required me to okay. know stuff. <laughs> but I find that's that's kind of common in the marketing world. Like you tend to fall into it yeah, and yeah, end yeah. up kind of taking that role on. Yeah, I think because of my background, you know, with uh, like writing, because I, I mm-hmm. was writing at the time, I also self-published the book because I wanted oh, cool. to be a writer. So, you know, I had like the, the language experience because I was translating. So like at one of my first jobs, I was also translating uh, content from English into Italian. Wow. Uh, so I was using like all yeah the, the mm-hmm. things that I learned and then I got into marketing and I guess uh, because I learned by doing, uh, now I have like almost, uh, I mean, I have more than seven years of experience in marketing and communication. So now kind of an expert, yeah, yeah. I can say, <laughs> oh, yeah. even you though can say I didn't really like, you know, study, but like, because I did this for like so long, yeah. now I like, yeah, well acquainted with that. <laughs> awesome. Now, would you say there's any um, kind of career aspiration for you, something that you found that you love to do, or do you find that you just prefer to kind of try different things? Um, it's hard for me because I didn't realize this at the time, but I'm what they call a multipotentialite. Mm. Um, I do, I do love, I have a serious passion for like several things. Mm-hmm. So my problem, I have to say, is I can't decide. Like I don't have one single thing that I'm like, I'm just going to do this for all my life. I'm going to love it. I love, yeah, different things. So I was loving writing uh, when I was in high school. I wanted to be a writer. I just wanted to write. And then I started getting passionate about Japan. So then I was like, no, actually, when I go to Japan, I want to I wanna write from Japan. That would be cool. And then I couldn't go there. So I was like, oh, maybe now I'm going into marketing because anyway, I love writing and mm-hmm. I can use this as a content writer. Um, so yeah, I was like always trying different things because I actually love different things and mm-hmm. I couldn't just choose one. Uh, yeah, so the problem for me is like I feel if I choose one thing, 
then I keep thinking about all the other things that I'm not doing. And I'm like, I would like to do all these other things, actually. <laughs> do you think it's uh, like a, a FOMO effect, fear of missing out? Oh, or? I do. Yeah. I have that for sure. <laughs> I do have FOMO for sure. Um, the problem is also because I didn't have many experiences in Italy. Uh, I was a bit stuck. Uh, I didn't have, you know, like money, uh, possibilities. I, I was feeling like we yeah, are really stuck. So I didn't have many opportunities. And then when I came here to Canada, it's like now I can do so many things. <laughs> so now I have FOMO because it's like I have to do everything now because I can do everything here. It's amazing. Definitely. And I also <laughs> find um, just kind of with with the Internet, uh, you know, I, th- I feel as like an older millennial because I'm, you know, 37 and I'm probably at the start of the millennial kind of era. I've seen the internet kind of start and grow. Yeah. So when I was at university, that opportunity of potentially being able to have an online business or write a blog or a yeah. podcast, that didn't exist. Hmm. So at that time, all you could think about was the one job you were going to have for the rest of your yeah. life. Whereas now there's so much and it's like you want to kind of try a piece of all the pies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that makes sense. I mean, I started the blog when I was 20. So yeah, I was like right in university. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really seeing that as a career because at the time mm-hmm. it was just for fun. Yeah. I mean, at the time you were using... Uh, you know, like MySpace. Or like I mean, it could, you could <laughs> yeah. have a career on MySpace already, but like I was, I wasn't seeing that as a career. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Maybe if I had seen that as a career, I would have started earlier. Uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> well, I know. Well, you you can. I guess yeah. you can still start if you wanted, right? So when you talk to other people about the different things that you've done, the different things that you want to do, what's the reaction that you tend to get from them? Oh, <laughs> it depends. I mean, if I talk to my parents or like my family, I mean, they support me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're still back in Italy. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're yeah. all in Italy. Okay. It's just me and my husband here. Uh, I mean, they support me, but at the same time, you know, sometimes my dad is like, oh, but why you don't go, like, why you don't get like an actual like office job and mm-hmm. you grow into that? Like, like, they don't see like a clear career. Like they don't, yeah, sometimes they don't understand what I'm doing. Um, and when instead I talk to like my younger friends, then they're like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. Like you're doing so many things, uh, you know, like they're kind of jealous because they're like, oh, I would, love, I would love to do the same things, but like I'm stuck because maybe yeah. if they're younger, then they're like me that they're stuck. Um, so yeah, I think it depends <laughs> by the generation. <laughs> Definitely. Do you ever feel like a sense of frustration at times? that perhaps you just think, I wish I could just be okay with doing one thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, yeah, I would like to be, I don't know how to say that, but like, yeah, I would like to have like, okay, I just want to do this one thing. That's it. I'm okay. I would like to be okay with just a regular job. You go to the office because that's, that's okay. That's stable and that's it. And I had jobs like that. Mm-hmm. I had I had actually my last office job it was a very comfortable job. It was was fine. That the people were fine. That the uh, the hours were really nice. At four p.m. I was done because it was starting at eight. Um, I mean, it was it, it was fine really. Uh, it just that it wasn't for me. <laughs> Fair enough. And how do you know? Like when you're in a position like that, what kind of feelings come up where you're like, you know what? I don't love this and I don't want to be here. Um, like, 
honestly, just like when you wake up and it's like, oh my gosh, I have to go to the office. Yeah. That they know it's a very common feeling and I don't want to feel like, you know, I'm special, you know, I don't want to do this. It's like, I know lots of people feel like me, mm-hmm. but I just can't do it. Like, I just can't bear this feeling like every single morning that I wake up and I'm like, you know, like I have no energy and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to go there and spend eight hours in the same place every day doing like the same things that are actually like, I'm I'm not passionate about that. So like I was mm. doing, I was doing that well, but at the same time, you know, I wasn't putting like real energy into that because I don't know, I wasn't really feeling it. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 kind of sad. I, I don't know. I don't want to feel sad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think at the end, it's just that I don't want to feel something like not sad. <laughs> no, fair enough. That's I totally understand. Yeah. I totally understand. So, like, what is important for you when it comes to you know picking up a contract from someone, or if you were to consider going back to you know working for yeah. an organization, what is important for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, um, yeah, we discussed this before, but like I. Would be okay actually to go back to like a full-time job mm-hmm. it's not that I hate full-time jobs <laughs> it's just like it has to be like the right opportunity mm-hmm. uh, with the right organization so for me right now like I understood that finally like I had a career coach last mm-hmm. year because I was like I have to do something because it's like yeah yeah um, and I understood that really for me it's important what I do like has to have some meaning at least for me like I have to feel that I'm doing something with my time mm-hmm. and I'm not just wasting it uh, so like for me, yeah, a job has to has to have some meaning, has to be uh, meaningful, or like has to align with my values. So that's very important. I understood my values, you know what I stand for, and if I have to work with someone, so people or organizations, they have to align with my values, mm-hmm. and I have to feel that we are doing something to, you know, to do some good for the community or for the planet. Mm-hmm. I'm really passionate about that. Um, so I couldn't go back, you know, I don't know, in the corporate environment and work for. I don't know, a company that is just selling products that really don't help anyone. Like, yeah. I couldn't do that. I'm yeah. sorry. Even <laughs> if they paid really well, and usually they they, 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 do, they yeah. are the ones that pay well, <laughs> I couldn't just go and, like, work for, like, I don't know, like, fashion industry or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just, like, let's sell this product. It's yeah. like, I really can't because it's not going to help people. Like, it's yeah. actually, like, contributing to a big problem. So I don't want to contribute to the problem. That's yeah. for sure. And if flexibility, for sure. Okay. Also having, yeah, working on, on a project and having flexibility because um, I think I, I give my best uh, when I feel that I'm utilizing my time, you mm-hmm. know, at best. So not just going to the office and stay sit in the same place eight hours. Uh, I think we can work better than that. Yeah. Um, and having having also people that I trust and they trust me and um, feeling feeling part of something also it's pretty important actually. I realized this later, all the jobs that I had and I didn't like, it was because they didn't make me feel part of mm. something, you know, of the team. And I sometimes I felt like I wasn't really doing anything, you know, I wasn't really helping anyone. I wasn't even useful to the company. Mm. So that's the worst feeling. And I would recommend to like, you know, managers, or like especially startups, when you hire someone, make them feel like they're doing something, mm-hmm. they're contributing, and because otherwise it's like, what am I doing here? Yeah. You know, it's just not like beer Fridays or like ping pong table. That doesn't make the culture. Like I didn't care yeah. about that. I care about, I, am I doing something useful here? Like, you know, am, am I part of this? Because sometimes yeah. they, they, they'll just leave you out. 
And then you if you're not engaged, mm-hmm. you're like, why should I work here? Yeah, you know, exactly. it, yeah, because I can't work just for the money. That's the that's the other thing. Like, you know, okay, you're paying me great, but like, there should be something more. There needs to be something more. Yeah. Do you know what? <laughs> like, I think you hit the nail on the head there in terms of kind of feeling valued and like yeah. you're making a contribution. Yeah. I've been in positions myself that have been great jobs, amazing team of people, you know, all the perks, but yet the the particular position I was in I just didn't really feel like I was needed yeah and even though it was possibly one of the the best salaries I'd ever made I just hated being there because I felt like I was a burden and I think a lot of people think you know and I remember actually listening to another podcast episode on kind of um, bullshit jobs <laughs> and, um, it was on Hidden Brain which is a great podcast um, on NPR and the, the episode is called Bullshit Jobs and it's a great episode and someone was talking about how he'd had this position they didn't really have any work for him but they just needed him to be there in the office and oh, he said that's well everyone was like oh my god you've got the dream job like you don't have to do anything and yeah it all sounds kind of good and airy fairy but when you come you're that person and you feel like you have absolutely no value it's an awful feeling yeah no that's awful (laughs) honestly it's not for me like I I can just be sitting there without anything to do and just get paid Mm -hmm. and unfortunately I also know lots of people that that see that like as yeah the dream job yeah and I don't know I understand also that I'm privileged because Mm -hmm. now here in Canada I have the privilege of thinking oh what job do I want to do you know like uh, what what, what are my values because I never thought about that before because in Italy you don't really have like lots of opportunities so when you get a job it's like this is it yeah like I'm not going to leave this job ever again I'm here forever I'm okay with this like they pay me that's fine like you just want to get paid and that's Mm -hmm. it but I don't know like I I'm I'm fine here because I can go like to the next level and say okay like like aside from money like what else yeah, Can yeah, like me? we have the opportunity to kind And it's of, great yeah. to have this opportunity, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, we're very lucky. You may recognize this next guest from one of our previous episodes. Philip Volna is a content writer from Ukraine. Now, from a young age, Philip began to feel quite lost and suffered from depression. And at the age of 14, felt pressure to figure out what his career path was. We talked more about that back in our past episode, which you can go back and listen to, and I highly recommend that you do. But in this particular topic, we talk about the fact that he has kind of jumped from one job to the next just to be able to find the one that he actually feels quite settled in. However, Philip also does have a blog as well as being a content writer. He blogs over on lifetomake.com. Philip, thanks so much for coming on to this particular episode and sharing your story of being a young person in the world who is, um, you know, someone who tends to job hop a lot, as, as I would say. So I appreciate you coming on to talk about this. 
Thanks, Debbie. I appreciate it. No, it's it's great because I as in, I mention this to each person I talk to. This is something I struggle with. So I love to get other perspectives. And I'm always curious to know, because I know you're in Ukraine. Um, so you're in a different country from me. And I'm always curious to know, you know, is it just a North American thing? Is it a generational thing? Like, is it across the world? Is it because of the internet? All these questions wrap around <laughs> my head. So yeah, I, I'm excited to share your story. So tell us a little bit firstly of like who you are and what you do now. Well, currently I'm a content writer and I got this job like I think one year ago or, or one year and a half. And I kind of got it in Eden pub when I was drinking beer. So I kind of enjoy this job because it gives me a lot of room for creativity and uh, it pretty much fulfills me right now. Awesome. Well, that's good. So you've found something right now that you find pretty fulfilling. Um, I'm curious to know how many jobs you've had in the past. Well, I've had several of them, I think three or four jobs. Uh, if we are speaking about the sequence of jobs that I've changed, uh, which happened in like uh, past two years, I suppose, uh, I started was three, three years, I guess, uh, because I was looking for different perspectives for different jobs and I was pretty much trying to find myself. And it was um, a customer support representative at the call center. Also, it was an English teacher and it was uh, a customer support representative again, but it's another company uh, and a better salary, obviously. And then uh, that's, the content writer who I am now. Awesome. And if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? I'm 22. Okay. So you're, you're pretty young. So yeah, you're, what's, you're not a millennial. You're what's the next one? I forget. Generation. I did a generation X. X maybe. (laughs) I don't know what one we're on yet. I'm not quite sure. Um, So when you kind of, you know, finished school and you got into the job world, did you have a clear idea of what it was you wanted to do, what you wanted to work towards? I had no idea what I wanted to be, obviously. Uh, when I finished my school and entered the university, the only thing I knew is that I have to learn English somehow because it, in Ukraine, it's, it's really fancy to know English and it supposedly have to give you a lot of opportunities and a lot of, uh, you know, job uh, opportunities as well. So uh, I kind of tried to learn the English as much as I could. And when I got into the uni, I was just uh, working on it really hard, but, uh, Back then, I couldn't really feel the uh, the line where my English learning process stops and where I get an awesome job which is going to fulfill all of my needs and wants. And because I, I didn't have all of them, uh, like I, d- I didn't know what I wanted. So I was just learning for the sake of learning and I didn't have a plan. I just hoped that it's going to somehow uh, solve itself and I will be happy. So I had no clue what's going on. <laughs> Fair enough. So what did you go to university to to study? Was it just to English or did you study anything else? Uh, Well, the study was called like applied linguistics and I 
I actually went there because somebody has at, at another university where I was passing my exams, they told me, well, uh, you seem to want to learn English, so you have to try applied linguistics. It's very trendy now. It has recently appeared. And when you graduate, you're going to have programming skills as well as English. And I said, oh, well, that's cool. That's what I want to follow. And uh, that's pretty much how I got into this uh, study. But um, that's just, you know, randomly. I didn't even think about it. I thought, well, okay, uh, I'm going to be a developer, a programmer. Cool, awesome. I mean, yeah, it sounds good. So I'm going to do it. (laughs) Yeah, why not? Any regrets on that choice? Uh, I don't really regret it because it gave me pretty much what I want now. And uh, also uh, because I really wanted to learn English, uh, I appreciated the opportunity and uh, I was really working hard on that and I was trying my best to learn it. So I didn't regret the choice of going to the university because I wouldn't have learned it otherwise, I suppose. Uh, because it could, it really helped me uh, as a very young person who was very disorganized. Uh, it it really helped me to organize myself and you know just uh, at least somebody was leading me towards some goal, which uh, I, I didn't mind because I didn't have mine. Yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. Now, let's talk about the the jobs that you have had. When you're in that particular position, say, for example, the customer service one, and you kind of know that you're not loving it and it's it's time to move on. How do you kind of deal with that situation? Like what feelings come up and then what actions do you tend to take? Uh, I think when I uh, applied for this customer support position, uh, it was randomly. I knew that I know English and I knew that they require it. And that's the only, you know, the the strongest requirement that they wanted. They wanted people to know English and then they will train you. So uh, when I got there, I pretty much completed their training program. And uh, once I have done with the program, I I knew right away that it's not going to be the position I'm going to be working for because I really hated the job uh, for being so repetitive and not giving me any uh, room for creativity. And I knew that that's uh, a waste of my time. It's the waste of the time of the employer. So I kind of felt like, uh, well, that's, that's not what I want to do. So my action was, but I have no idea what I want to do. So I have to change it to something else. And, you know, I kind of feel like desperately drinking in a pub. I found this guy who said, well, you know, we do content writing and do want to be a part of a team. And I said, well, well, sounds cool, right? And so I applied for it. And this is how I kind of changed my job. Otherwise, I have no idea what uh, next would I apply for. So uh, the action was absolutely unplanned. It was just, well, I need to change a job. And what for? I have no clue. But I was lucky enough to have got one. (laughs) Yeah, you were lucky enough to find a stranger in a pub (laughs) who is willing willing to help you apply. That's a pretty cool story. Um, Now, what is important to you when it comes to your career and taking a particular position at a company? What do you look for? Well, uh, I was asked the same question, I think, half a year ago. And if you would ask me this question, like, half a year ago, I wouldn't have answered that. 
but currently I really understand what I'm looking for when uh, I apply for a new job because I'm really looking for uh, creativity where I can actually put into the energy that I have and, you know, kind of feel responsible. Uh, I look for as many responsibilities as I can because I want to feel a part of the team and not just a tool to achieve the employer's goals. Also, uh, I wouldn't have uh, thought about it half a year ago, but right now I understand that it's the process of the company that matters. If they have uh, very vague plans and goals, because I kind of found the relation between uh, people, uh, like sometimes people don't have goals, right? Uh, and that's that's okay because they can change things and they will figure out in 50 years, but they will do that. But when it comes to the employer or the job itself, the company, a company has to have a vision, a clear vision and clear goals, which are broken down into specific milestones. Because if they don't have it, the whole team is just wandering around the market and they are trying to find their place, which I hate now because uh, I've been working at... I guess three companies and I'm currently working at a company uh, well which doesn't comply with that so it's just a matter of time when I'm gonna take a leap of faith and look for another company uh, but I really seek uh, you know the building the building process or at least uh, if the employer gives me the opportunity to build this process and also, well, if we speak more generally, it's the creativity, it's the opportunity for growth, uh, more responsibilities, and of course, a better paying position. Because uh, employers tend to undercut uh, their employees and they try to negotiate the price so uh, you will be as efficient as possible for as little price as possible. Mm -hmm. And uh, usually that's what drives me mad because uh, as soon as I get applied and as soon as I get accepted, uh, you know, I feel, well, I have to change it because I don't like my salary. Yeah. <laughs> and then I don't like the responsibilities. I want more. And uh, it starts like instantly. So that's it. Yeah, I'm curious to know, just kind of as you were saying that, I was wondering, um, like, what is it, what is the job market like in Ukraine? Is it pretty easy to get a job is it very competitive um if you even have english you know if you've studied english and you're good at you know speaking and writing that language what's it like it can it be a struggle do you find there's uh, big companies who do try and rip off employees or do you think there's a fair kind of salary out there uh, well it's pretty easy to enter the market if if you know english you will easily be accepted but English is not the only requirement because when it uh, gets down to real business where you have to perform some duty to provide value for a company and then uh, because they they don't care about your like skills you can be drawing you can be playing guitar but how it's gonna be making business um, making money for the business it doesn't bring in any money so you have to be really confident and clear about what you're doing and how you gonna utilize those skills that the company will be, uh, you know, ben benefiting from you and profiting from what you do. Uh, as soon as I realized that, yeah, it's easy, but <laughs> you know, when you apply for a job after the university, when you have no skills, no market understanding, you'll be like, well, please, 
accept me. That's how I applied. And uh, it was relatively hard because people were, well, they, they would just uh, really try to lower your prices and you would be working for the very, uh, the lowest salary possible. And you would have no idea what you are doing because, uh, because you, you, you didn't ask for anything, right? You, you were asking for the job itself, not for the, or something else right? so, yeah uh, that's that's basically yeah but it's it's pretty easy to get a job here I, I would say it's pretty easy yeah you but you just kind of have to work hard to kind of get the better salary which seems you know that's across the board right in any country um I'm curious uh to know if you were in a job say it was this one or any job and that was your job for life how would you feel can you imagine being in the same position or the same company even for the next 20 30 40 years uh no i would basically commit suicide (laughs) (laughs) i would never be able to work for like 20 30 40 years in one company because uh, you know it, it usually uh, regardless of how creative your process is like uh, for example content writing right it's uh, so creative you come up with a new story but it's not poetry you are not a writer who writes some fancy stories like I don't know George Martin I suppose right the legend of ice and fire whatever they mm-hmm. call. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you, you, you are not creating the world you are following a strict procedure which uh, has to comply with certain uh, certain bullet points like if you work it out so if, if speaking about the content well it's the SEO it's the marketing it's the keywords it's the title paragraph uh, all those uh, references, call to action, links, and all this fancy stuff. So uh, usually it's very procedural, regardless of how creative it is. Even if you're a designer, I suppose, uh, it's not that you're just, you know, thinking about your own thing and you're just doing what you want. No, you, you have to comply with, uh, comply with the client's requirements and you have to fulfill them successfully because if you don't, well, you're not a good designer regardless of what you're making. You can be the best designer in the world, but if you don't fulfill the client's needs, well, you, you, you basically suck. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's you're not doing the job that you've been hired to do kind of thing, yeah. True. So yeah. uh, I couldn't I couldn't work forever because I would definitely look for something else, and because I think it just it, it also depends on the growth of an individual. Sometimes it's kind of you're progressing all the time. I think all millennials do, or whatever the generation is now, which I uh, corresponds to. You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but. Uh, it feels like you start with the basics and then you want to move higher. Well, some people don't, but I feel like I have to, if I write content now, maybe I would, the next job I would shoot for would be a sales manager or something kind of that, because it would open up different opportunities and also uh, the same room for creativity. Like, uh, I think you, you start valuing different, different things from the, uh, like very strict manual labor to some high level things like uh, closing deals and all this stuff not all, in all of the companies and not all people want it but this is what I want yeah. so yeah I think I would change it for the sales manager position and I'm going to do that pretty soon but don't tell me 
Yeah, <laughs> we won't say anything. We won't say anything. Um, one last question for you. When you are kind of talking to perhaps, uh, you know, older generations about your career or they ask you about your career and you've talked about the different jobs you've had and the job you're in right now, but perhaps what you're shooting for, what's their reaction? How do they kind of uh, respond when you talk about, you know, juggling different things and moving through different career paths? Uh, well, they, they usually said, well, you're a mad lad because what, what, what are you doing? You have to stick to one job and you should not be doing anything else. You have to be keeping it stable. You have to be, you know, putting in the work in one job and you will get some, I don't know how to call it, pension, I guess, commission, whatever. So uh, you, will, you will have an opportunity to, to live a stable life, which will be awesome and you will never regret it. And I say, well, you lads are mad because if you if you stick to one job, it's like investing into a deposit, right? Uh, it's uh, it's a it's not risky at all. You you can pretty much calculate what you want what you will get, and you completely understand that what you get is not what you could have gotten if you taken a bigger risk, a greater risk, right? So, um, uh, and if the bank closes, you lose your money, right? And that's, that's what happens for me, at least. Uh, people who seem to commit to one job are the craziest people I know because uh, they are, I'm afraid of uh, stability and they strive for stability because I think that no stability is stable. If you, if you commit to one job, you might, just, you might just lose it. Well, and what I'm shooting for is at least changing jobs, not, not for the sake of changing or finding myself, but at least for uh, getting better opportunities and then finally be able to diversify my income because uh, this is how I think I can make sure that that stability is pretty much stable, right? But if you, even if you diversify your income, you can't be sure of how stable your situation is because one stream of income can be, you know, can fade away, can something can go wrong, and you have to just supplement it with uh, something else. You have to find a different source of income, and this is what I'm shooting for currently. So awesome. <laughs> uh, when people when people say that you have to commit to one job, I say, no, no, thank you. I'm not into it. <laughs> Tori Harris is a young professional working in Victoria, British Columbia. She hosts a podcast called Ready to Petty, which discusses reality TV, celebrity gossip, pop culture and stories that have happened in her life. Pretty much all things petty. Tori, thank you so much for agreeing to be interviewed on this topic that is close to my heart. No worries, it's close to mine too. (laughs) I bet, right? So tell us a little bit about what you do now. Yeah, so right now I work at the university here in Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. And um, my last day is actually tomorrow. Oh, Um, 
Yeah. So this again, really hits close to home for me. I've been, um, reflecting and, uh, you know, mulling over this topic for quite a little bit of time um, since I've known my last days coming up for quite a bit. Um, but yeah, I work at the university in their residence life program. So I work with first year students that live in dormitories here. Um, and I've been doing it for two years here and um, a few other places across BC. And I also podcast. I'm a new podcaster, um, new to the game. I've listened for years, maybe for six or seven years I've been listening to podcasts, but I finally decided to bite the bullet and start one this year. And maybe again, this is because of the trying to settle into something <laughs> kind of gig. But yeah, so that's that's what I do professionally. <laughs> awesome. And you're ending your job. Do yeah. you have a, a next step where you're going next? Yeah, um, not quite. I I wish I had some kind of idea. Um, there's obviously some uh, stokes in the fire, but um, I'm going to be on vacation uh, for the month of June and then I'll be back in July and hopefully either have something lined up then or will be continuing to look. Yeah. Is, do you find that that's a common pattern for you that you tend to kind of be in a job for a, an amount of time, whatever it is that it, it is, and then you kind of decide that you're going to take a break and then something else comes along? Yeah, well, it's been interesting for me because um, all of the jobs that I've had post um, university graduation have been contracted jobs. Mm -hmm. um, so on like one to two year contracts. So I feel like I've moved around a lot because I've had to because the contracts have come up and yeah. I've either... Um, turned down um, extending it or decided, oh, this is like a good time to move on or try to... Um, move up in the in the world so yeah I found that I have to move around it just has seemed that I've moved around a lot yeah some with my own volition and some uh not <laughs> um yeah <laughs> I'm curious to know and obviously you don't have to have an exact number for this because yeah. I don't even think I'd have an exact number if I had to think about this but do you know how many jobs you've had yeah so I've been graduated for five years I've probably had I would say four or five jobs. Okay. Um, okay. This is the longest um, I've actually worked consistently at a place for mm -hmm. two um, calendar years. Wow. Um, yeah. So it feels like um, a long time, but in the scheme of things, like it for other people, it seems very short. So yeah. Do you know, yeah. I find it interesting personally that I've noticed I have about a two year span. Yeah in a position totally. and totally. then it's like I get itchy feet or that's it I kind of know the job and I just need the next thing absolutely yeah mm -hmm. and I find if a place doesn't have um positions that you can grow into and you're getting itchy feet that's time yeah time to to leave um for me also I think my job is really um like can be really stressful and um that definitely puts a light uh, shelf life on the mm. job um yeah. Because people get tired and, and want to move on to something else. Yeah. Do yeah. you have like a, 
a career aspiration that you know where you want to be eventually or are you quite open to what's going to happen? I, yeah, that's a great question. My parent, my parents are probably like, oh, like <laughs> this is where we tune in. Yeah. Um, but I kind of have a general idea. Like I want to be in the helping profession. Um, I really enjoyed my time working in, in residence um, for the past several years. Um, my ideal job, I think, is to be a counselor. Okay. Um, but I could also see myself being a teacher or some, something where I'm working directly with people in some type of helping capacity, okay. social work, something along those lines. But um, I don't feel like I'm quite ready to go back to school and it, it's quite difficult to get into some master's programs. So I find that um, for the time being, I'm a working gal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least you have some sort of vision, right? I know there's a lot of us that don't. Now, when you do decide, you know, a contract has ended, perhaps they offer an extension to you, but you you turn it down. Mm -hmm. How do you know that it's not a good fit for you? Yeah, that's a great question. I feel like the majority of the days you should be excited to go to work. (laughs) And I feel like sometimes when it becomes the majority of the days that you're dreading it or uh, you start perusing those job boards or or something like subconsciously tells you um, that maybe it's time to move on, um, that's, I think, been something that I've had in the past of just um, if you – because I feel like with work, um, getting a little rambly, but if you think about work, you do it for like majority of your life all the time. And I think that a lot of people can just not really think or reflect about um, how it's affecting like their well-being and, and if it's giving them purpose. And mm-hmm. then I think years can go by. So I guess that's one of the positive things of me jumping around is that I've really had a lot of time, more time than I feel like others to really like distill it down. Like, what do I really want to do? What do I want to pursue? What do I want? What do I want to put money, time and effort into doing? Yeah. But yeah. seems pretty smart. Like, like, yeah. like you're going through the research or something, right? Yeah. I do feel like that. It's too funny. I'm always like, <laughs> I, I'm always like, why didn't I just pick something that I could go to university for, yeah. get a job and just settle down. But again, I, my interests don't take me into that type of uh, career path. So um, why would I push myself into something like that? And then, um, so yeah, I, th- I feel like, yeah, one of the benefits is, is like, I'm really learning about who I am and what I'm looking for, which I think is good. Um, because, um, I'm 26 turning 27 this summer. And I feel like that's still the exploration time of your life. And, um, I, I couldn't imagine settling into like a career of 40 years or something like that. Um, like my parents kind of did. So that's funny. That was going to be my next question. Like, could you actually imagine being in a position, the same job for the rest your life yeah like probably not I think that even if I was in a job like teaching or um like people that have like really long career paths like principals or police officers or nurses or something like that I think that they get a lot of variety and 
the day to day. So it's probably a lot easier than maybe like an office job. Um, cause they see so much and every day is super different, but, um, those, yeah, I, I still don't know if I could have one of those like linear career paths where mm-hmm. I just settle in. I, I think I would still be looking for, could I pick, pick up extra responsibilities? Could I go back to school and improve my, my service, my practice? Could I, um, get a raise and make more money? Yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah. I mean, even in the counseling world, I know people who are counselors and they have their practice, but they're also an entrepreneur on the side, right? They're doing workshops or online courses. Absolutely. So it's like, I feel like in this day and age as, I mean, I'm a millennial, but I'm right on like the very start of the millennial line, right? I'm like about 82. And, um, I feel like, you know, there was still those traditional values instilled in totally. me. I still got some of the, the millennial kind of, yeah. I want to do multiple things and explore. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, I've been a business owner and I've run a podcast a bit like you and had that kind of side gig, which yeah. kind of brings me actually to the next question. Like with your podcast, was that something that you felt would be a career path for you? Or is it something that is just a hobby that you kind of love doing? It's like a passion project. Yeah. Um, this is going to be a, a deep, um, personal confession because I don't think I've ever said this actually like out loud, let alone on a podcast, but oh, I love it. Exclusive. Yeah. The, the exclusive <laughs> for those who care. But I think deep down, um, a little bit of me has always wanted to do something in like YouTube or broadcasting or something like that. And podcasting to me was the most accessible since I don't have a lot of like video editing skills yeah. and, um, Um, I don't have a degree in journalism or um, broadcasting or anything like that. So I think that deep down, because I think, yeah, I'm on the middle cusp of the, or the middle range of the millennial generation. And I think, yeah, being in high school, people always talked about like starting a YouTube channel or um, blogging or those type of jobs. And I think that does like pique my interest. Yeah. So I think that, yeah, deep down, yeah, maybe there was a part of me that was thought, thought that I could make this into a career. I don't necessarily think I want that now. I think I'm very safe with my, like, like, I think I do need a steady income and, um, paycheck and like job security. So I don't think that that's actually the right choice for me to, to quit everything and become a yeah. full-time podcaster, yeah, but, yeah. but it's a big uh, risk. <laughs> it's a huge <laughs> risk, right? But I think that, yeah, like it's been fun to do on the side and, um, yeah, I, I didn't have hopes that it would like blow up and stuff like that, but I'm like, if it did, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, there's always that what if. Yeah, that tiny, that tiny little thing. So yeah, yeah. so I get a a, a little bit of both. Like I, yeah, I'm not pursuing it as my full-time job, but um, yeah, I think that that's also just things that I'm interested in. A lot of the things, especially that I talk on the podcast are um, about celebrities Mm -hmm. or TV personalities. And um, when you're, when you just know them via social media and their product, like that's, a lot of times, like not aspirational. I don't want to say that, but like, it looks very, it, it 
looks like a seductive lifestyle where yeah. um looks very fun and not a lot of work and that type of stuff so yeah which I mean is it's it's so much work yeah. And, yeah and the thing is I remember I don't remember actually who I can't remember who talked about this but it was a tv show on marketing or something that I'd watched and mm-hmm. uh, where someone had asked their like marketing class to follow a famous person's social media feed and kind of give give feedback on it and what they liked about it and someone had oh. decided to kind of look at Amelia Clark mm-hmm. um who is, you know, Daenerys Targaryen. And they said, you know, she just looks so warming and so approachable and so likable. And not to say that she isn't. I'm pretty sure she is. She comes across that way on everything. Totally. The the instructor of the class class has said, yeah, she probably is. But that feed, as natural as it looks, is totally curated by someone on her team, right? So it's like, it looks like it's such an easy thing for, you know, these famous people to do. But half the time, it's someone else who's managing that and making sure the right messaging is coming across. So it's it's really interesting how we have the perception of, oh, it's really easy. Just have a YouTube channel and it's really easy to have a podcast and make money and it's actually it's It's very difficult yeah I'm only six months in and I'm feeling the grind so yeah yeah I'm about the same place as you I've been going since just end of December and I have a job as well like I Mm. I don't do this I don't make any money from this at all so it's it's similar but I, I find it really interesting the point that you made it when you were at high school People would talk about, you know, having a YouTube channel, which is hilarious because when I was at high school, there was no such thing. Like the internet (laughs) was just becoming a thing. I don't think YouTube existed. So it's interesting to see that that could be, I don't know what's your thoughts on this. It could be just that social influence now is coming in. The millennials are the first generation to receive that, to kind of see all these different ways that you can potentially make income that you don't have to be tied to one job. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that that's the appeal is having like that flexible schedule and not being tied down to one thing because you see people where they start in one area and they like, they blossom to many different things. Like you see, um, well, I hate to, I always bring up the Kardashians. I feel just cause they're, I feel like they're just like the prototype of, yeah what we're talking yeah. about, but like they've been able to branch into tons of different endeavors, like mm-hmm. TV shows and skincare and makeup and, and different Fashion lines. And- yeah. Like, so they get to flex their skills in tons of different ways and pursue things, um, that they would have never had the opportunity to do if, yeah, if they, they didn't have this like platform in mm-hmm. this audience. So yeah, I think that it's really different. And I think that it is, um, something that people are going to study um when mm. when they're like talking about careers and society because i think it is a new frontier where um yeah people didn't think that this was an option because if you were a kid in the 80s or 90s and yeah. you're like i wanted to be a, a tv star or something people just kind of like oh yeah yeah like you oh, were talked out of it by yeah, your, you know school now, like but, some yeah. people are probably like <laughs> Yeah, you can actually do that. Maybe not. Maybe that's crazy, but I think that like people can just um, see so many more examples of Mm -hmm. of um, success through jobs like yeah, podcasting and stuff. So maybe they 
um, yeah, it's becoming maybe a little bit more commonplace. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause yeah. even just the, the small social circle that I have here, like I know a handful of bloggers and, mm-hmm. um, podcasters and stuff like that. So it doesn't seem like too crazy anymore. Yeah, I know. I mean, like I'm in, I guess, Vancouver, a little bit bigger of a city than Victoria, Mm -hmm. but not that far apart. And uh, it's funny, some people still don't even know what a podcast is. And then, you know, I'll meet a handful of people that don't know how to access podcasts. And then I'll meet a whole bunch of people that have their own podcast. So it's it's kind of like it's that 50-50 split in where podcasting is becoming the new blogging the new version of blogging blogging so it's just interesting to see who knows about it and who who doesn't yeah how do you um feel when you kind of talk to people about like the endeavors you've been on the contract jobs doing the podcast you know Mm. maybe trying a, a different career path like, how do you feel when you talk to other people, maybe in particular baby boomer generation about that? And they, like, how, do you ever feel kind of embarrassed or that you don't really want yeah. to Yeah, absolutely. Especially right now when I'm in this transitional time and tons of people are asking me every single day and sometimes I have a nice polite answer for them and then sometimes I bite their head off because it's the third time I've been asked or or that type of thing. But yeah, I think it depends who I'm talking to because I feel like, again, a lot of the people that I attract or that are in my social circle, Mm -hmm. they totally get it and they're in the same boat and um, they love it and uh, wish me all the best. But then, yeah, sometimes I'm, when I'm talking to, you know, my aunts and uncles and parents and grandparents and stuff like that, like um, it is tougher because they're like, what are you up to now? And stuff like that, yeah. where um, people that have more of a steady job, then they can, yeah, just they kind of seem more reliable or more like they have their their stuff together. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think it depends on who I'm talking to. Like I definitely like internalize a lot of it. Like I definitely think a lot, like I feel guilty or ashamed or like embarrassed. And I always, um, think about, this is so weird. Um, but I always think about my parents back in my hometown, um, and like bumping into someone at like my high school or something and, and or a parent or whatever. And even if I don't like, can I stay in touch with them or whatever, them being like, oh, what's Tori up to? And then my parents like pausing for a second and being like, what is she up to? <laughs> like, and then like feeling like a little bit of anxiety about that. And it's like, these are people mm-hmm. I don't keep in touch with, um, don't know anymore or anything like that but I still I do feel this like little pang of anxiety about that or like when the Christmas newsletter comes out I remember (laughs) that I had a a period of I was I was a part-time employee right after I graduated university Mm -hmm. and I graduated in the summer and and found full-time employment in the new year in the January of that year and um in December, my mom sends out this Christmas newsletter. <laughs> just and to it, the family? To, no, the to family. like like family, friends, everyone. Like she probably sends out about 80. <gasps> Why? I, I remember um, she showed it to me afterwards. Like, oh, this is what I just sent out. Like, what, what do you think? And stuff like that. And it was something like, 
Tori is unemployed and looking for a job or something like that. And I was mortified. I think I had like a breakdown because I was like, I can't believe you just sent this out to 80 people. It was like, she's trying her best to find a job or something. But yeah. You're like, yeah, thanks mom for the support. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was worded nicely, but I was just thinking about 80 people opening that up and just being like, oh, she like doesn't have a job or yeah, she's yeah. settling down into like her career path after university. So. Yeah. And I mean, early like twenties uh, is still pretty young, right? Like yeah. you have just graduated, you are still trying to figure it all out. And, but yeah. some people still at that point kind of expect that you're going to have your shit together. And <laughs> Absolutely. And I think like, I also have felt that when I'm like past the mid twenties point yeah. into the thirties, I'm, I do honestly feel like I'm like oh, pre 25, it was a lot more normalized and like, Oh yeah, you'll settle down soon. You'll find something soon. You'll, you'll figure it out. But yeah, now as I'm approaching the the mid mid twenties. Um, yeah, I feel like it, it becomes a little less acceptable. (laughs) Yeah. Well, try Um, being 37 and feeling like you're never going to figure out what you want to (laughs) do. But, uh, it is, I, I do this. I wanted to do this episode to kind of make myself feel that it's okay. This is normal. Um, And it is, it is. I, I I do want to say that I really honestly think it is and think about how happy you'll be when you're retired and you left no stone unturned. I, I always think about that and, or we, we won't be waking up, um, and having a midlife crisis (laughs) about our careers because, We've really, uh, yeah, looked like into every tried everything, yeah, tried yeah. everything. Tried so, everything. yeah. Do yeah. you have any regrets? Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I love the honesty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes I think like, oh, life would just be easier if you chose um, a professional, like a, a skill-based um, yeah. degree or diploma certificate, something like that. But so, um, yeah, in these times of like unemployment and unsureness, I feel like sometimes I have regrets about that. But I think once I do land on my feet, I think that those regrets kind of dissipate or they turn out to be um, – yeah, just like good life lessons. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a great way to look at it. Um, I feel the same way. Yeah, I always think if I'd gone back, I would go to nursing school or become a midwife or something, you know, because yeah. I go back to school now, like, dear God, I'm done with it. <laughs> but uh, at the same time, I think I know myself so well. I know that I'd probably last a few years and be like, okay, what's next? Because yeah, I'm absolutely. Person. I am. And it sounds like yeah. you're kind of similar to that. So, yeah. And I think it's good to know that, like learn that earlier than mm-hmm. later. Right. And, and be able to know that about yourself and plan for the future. Yeah. Like see, put some money into savings yes. because you know that you want to try something new or yeah, I think that that's yeah, better to realize earlier. Yeah. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening. Are you a millennial? Do you struggle with deciding what you want to do for your career? Do you find yourself jumping from one job to the next? Please do let us know your thoughts on this episode. 
you can head over to the comments section on our website uncomfortable.blog or on any of our social media channels. We are on Facebook and Instagram at uncomfortable.blog and Twitter at uncomfy underscore podcast. Now you can support our podcast by signing up to be a patron and pledging a small couple of bucks per month so that we can keep on running. For more information, visit uncomfortable.blog forward slash donate. Thank you again for listening. Now go out there and get uncomfortable.